listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another special reports here on Legal Talk Network. My name is Alan Pierce. I practice workers' comp law in Salem, Massachusetts, and today's show is being recorded on location at the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group Conference at the Bacara Resort in Santa Barbara, California. And joining me today is Bruce Goldstein. Bruce is with Farm Worker Justice. Welcome to the show. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization. Sure. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing law about 34 years. I started off as a a labor and civil rights lawyer. And back in 1988, I joined this not-for-profit group called Farm Worker Justice as a litigation attorney. And I'm now the president of it. And Farm Worker Justice, which is located in Washington, D.C., is a national advocacy, litigation, and education organization for migrant and seasonal farm workers. And we focus on immigration policy, labor rights, occupational safety, health, and access to justice. And that's great. And you are one of the panelists here at the Willig Convention. What's, uh, what's your subject matter? What, are you, uh, what information are you bringing to us this year? I'll be talking about the impact of immigration policy on farm workers' ability to access workers' compensation systems and other labor rights. And does this uh, vary from state to state, or are there some common themes um, that we need to be aware of? Well, there's some common themes because immigration policy is a federal policy and it's affecting everybody all over the country. But there are variations from state to state, as you know, under the workers' compensation laws. And, uh, do you find that the, the major problem area is uh, documenting the, the hours and wages of these folks? Are they being paid in what we know is the underground economy, uh, which makes this documentation of uh, wage loss or even reporting of injuries uh, difficult? Yes, it's a common problem that farm workers are not receiving the uh, records that they're entitled to and not receiving the wages that they're entitled to, and then proving their employment can be uh, quite difficult. Uh, And a a couple of larger problems are that um, about 85% of farm workers are immigrants, and about 50 to 70% of them are undocumented immigrants. They're unauthorized. And so they're afraid to step forward and and speak up for themselves and, and seek out their rights. And that's all complicated by the fact that a lot of uh, farm operators now claim that they don't employ any farm workers on their farm. They claim that they are, the workers are employed by a labor contractor. And so that the, the farm operator says, I have no responsibility to pay the minimum wage or to pay into workers' comp. That's the problem of the farm labor contractor. And as far as enforcement... Um is this, is, is, are there any state agencies or even federal agencies that will, other than a, an advocacy group like yours, that will you know, try to enforce the obligations of the employers or uh, try to see that the, the people who are injured or aren't paid properly are getting what they do? Well, uh, one of the things that we do is we work with groups all over the country to try to uh, help persuade state governments and the federal government to better enforce the laws. Um, and it's a mixed picture. The Federal Wage and Hour Division has recently modestly improved uh, its enforcement. Uh, but even with that, the uh, violations are rampant. rampant. The uh, 
uh, they just don't make much of a dent uh, in uh, all the agricultural workplaces around the country. Mm-hmm. Are there particular areas of the country that are more in crisis mode than others? Is it uh, we think of California or some of the southern states where there seems to be, especially the border southern states? Is that where the ma- major problems are? Yeah, it's pretty much all over. Um, we focus on migrant and seasonal farm workers in labor-intensive uh, jobs, you know, fruits and vegetables and dairies and things like that. And a lot of the farm workers in those jobs are located in California, Arizona, Washington, Oregon, and uh, Florida, and uh, also North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. And in uh, all of those places, uh, we see lots of problems. And, and how do you reach out to, you have, uh, f- first of all, a, a workforce or a, a, a population that you want to service that are either non-English speaking, or if they are English speaking, it's barely a second language, and they're migratory. How, and they're not organized. They're 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 there. How do, how do you reach out to them? How do uh, how do you contact them? How do they get in touch with you? Uh, great question. Uh, it's a real challenge, and uh, it varies. There are some farm worker organizations, labor unions, and other kind of farm worker organizations around the country that w- uh, we are connected with. And so we provide technical and legal assistance to them to help enforce the laws. So for example, in California and Washington State, you have the United Farm Workers Union. In North Carolina and Ohio, you have the Farm Labor Organizing Committee, which is an AFL-CIO union. You also have uh, some groups that are not labor unions, but assist farm workers in in a variety of ways. And we work with them. and uh, we also work with legal aid programs around the country um, and provide, uh, we, we coordinate conferences. Uh, the Pharmaca Law Conference happens every two years. And we work with migrant health centers, which are federally funded, uh, to serve um, uh, poor people. And there's some that are in rural areas. So we work with the people at the migrant health centers to educate them about workers' comp and labor rights to try to help them educate their patients about their rights. Mm-hmm. And what about the families? I mean, we, we think about the, the, the farm worker, the farm worker who may be injured, the farm worker who may not be paid uh, in a court, even minimum wage or overtime. I mean, all the, never mind fringe benefits, which I would guess are non-existent. Correct. And probably a, a pipe dream. Uh, but you have to also wonder that these, these folks aren't here alone. They're here with spouses, children, maybe elderly parents. Uh, what other the other issues that you're finding in the family units. Right. Um, uh, roughly half the 2.5 million farm workers in the United States uh, have children here in the United States. And they're often living in isolated rural areas with you know, limited resources and limited infrastructure. Um, and as I said, a, a majority of them lack authorized immigration status. So they're often fearful of uh, for example, the parents are fearful of going to parent-teacher association meetings at night with their children for fear that they'll be detected and deported and separated from their children. Uh, the parents are often afraid to go to health centers or hospitals to get treatment for themselves uh, for fear of detection. Um, farm workers generally have pretty poor health, um, despite the fact that they're very physically active. And part of that has to do with their poverty and the diet. Um, and... Um, uh, the children tend to, to not have to have disproportionately poor health as well. Uh, so there's a, a real problem across the country for farm worker families getting access to resources, getting access to information uh, that that's useful to them. Now I realize that immigration policy is a is a political debate. There are 
arguments pro and con about open borders and, and, and things like that. But what percentage, if, if it is a meaningful percentage, of some of these migrant farm workers that might come and go, they may go back across the border off-season and come back? Is there a sizable portion of that, or are they, once they're here, they're here? Uh, great question. You know, it used to be that there was a really sizable proportion of farm workers who lived in Mexico and would come into the United States seasonally and work and then go back to Mexico, uh, where their home base was. But because of the broken immigration system and the tightening of the borders and no real uh, way for people to get an, an immigration status, what's happened is a lot, of un, a lot of immigrants have come in, have no way to have a legal status, and they're afraid to go home for fear of coming back, uh, getting caught coming back. So uh, you have a lot of undocumented immigrants who now stay here year-round and work in agriculture and have been here for years and years. Yeah. Anything hopeful on the horizon? Again, I know it's it, we're coming into various election cycles. Every two years is the Congress is up, and every four years, of course, we have a major you know, uh, national uh, presidential um, uh, campaign. Um, what, what, what are you looking for in the not-too-distant or uh, medium-immediate future? Well, um, in the, the near term, uh, the hope for Congress to get less dysfunctional on immigration policy and actually do something is not good. Um, there is a compromise that was passed by the U.S. Senate in June 2013 that is a very balanced uh, proposal. It was re reached after very difficult negotiations among Republicans, among Democrats, among immigration rights groups, among immigration restrictionists, among employers, among labor unions, uh, but the House has refused to take it up and pass it. Um, and it's not looking good for um, passing that in the near term. What we're hopeful now is that President Obama uh, will go forward with his promise that he would take administrative action to give what they call administrative relief to some undocumented immigrants in this country, to give them relief from deportation temporarily and a temporary work permit. Bruce, I, I really want to thank you for being a guest here on our special reports. I want to thank you for being here at Willig. I know anything we as lawyers representing the population of injured workers and exploited workers, we want to do whatever we can to help you, and we thank you for what you are doing for your constituency. So, again, thank you very much, and it's been a pleasure having you. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up with you, how might they contact you? Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, and uh, yes, we have a website, uh, www.farmworkerjustice.org, farmworkerjustice.org, with a wealth of information, including a guide to workers' comp in uh, all the states about how they, they treat farm workers, and a guide for um, health practitioners uh, about how to be helpful to farm workers about workers' compensation. Well, thank you. This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Alan Pierce. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.